Your Steve Jones Show podcast will start shortly. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Brewers Outlet, your beverage supermarket on Reagan Street in Sunbury. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show brought to you by Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. Imports, domestics, microbrews, best selection of beer anywhere. Wine coolers, water, soft drink snacks, they roast their peanuts fresh and hot every day. And the pickle bar, led by the barrels of the Dills, indeed second to none. All at Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. And we are in the Sunbury Motors studio, Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia. Routes 11 and 15, Umbles Wharf, online at sunburymotors.com. Jerry Dulac in a moment, but first, our play-by-play call of the day, the lightning in the waning seconds. After the final five, Kucherov behind the Florida net. Big mistake by the defense last night by Florida. Like the defenseman that should have followed Kucherov behind the net did, but so did the other guy, <laughs> and it left Condon wide open in front. And there's your story: uh, two nothing lead going to Tampa now for the Lightning. Always a privilege to have any conversation on the air, off the air, with Jerry Dulac. Jerry, welcome back. Great to have you with us. Steve, always good chatting with you, my friend. I hope you're doing well. Doing very well and uh, privileged to be uh, working uh, the upcoming uh, season again with a guy that would be no better than a special teams backup in today's NFL. So, <laughs> yeah, um, how about that? I mean, you know, it's one thing for somebody who was in the NFL to say that, which is totally ridiculous. It's even another thing for a columnist to write a story about. Look, Jack, because of their size, that doesn't matter. If Jack Ham played today, he would be playing. He would be a bigger body person because that's the way the game is played, and it wouldn't yeah. take away from his greatness. The dumbest, most stupid, most inane thing I've ever heard. I mean, this guy is in the, in the running for the GM job. Uh, yeah. You know, and he may to have me, been taking himself out of it with that. <laughs> I agree, Jerry. And and here's I know we're going to get to golf in a second. But here's the reason why. You know, so let's take the personal part out. How well you know Jack, obviously how well well I know Jack. So it's like so that's so for me it's like what yeah. You know, but that tells me he's a combine guy and doesn't know how to evaluate football players. He doesn't know how to evaluate the brain of a player. Jack's brain was as important as his frame. Well, that's what happened to him in Buffalo, Steve. And uh with some of the deals and maneuverings he made. I like Doug Whaley personally a great deal, and I'm yep. not going to sit here and cast aspersions yep. on He's an upper St. Clair guy. That's right, but, that's, uh, but that is also one of the things that uh, player evaluation that um, uh, got him in trouble uh, or you know, led to his dismissal in, uh, in Buffalo. So, um, yeah, you can't – I mean, how are you going to – you're going you're gonna to measure Jack Ham's anticipation, his intellect, his reaction – 
um, you know, his ability to see, you know, uh, what he's looking at and, and react to it. I mean, come on. It's just it's preposterous. All right. So now let's flip the page to what we were going to talk about, and that is about the PGA Championship. Justin Thomas has put together back-to-back rounds of 67. He had back-to-back bogeys yesterday at one point. I think it was, I want to say, 8 or eight and 9 or 9 and 10, whatever it may be. And he kept his wits about him. You know, what does that tell us about where he is with his game right now? Yeah, I think we're going to find out a little bit more because, um, look, I mean, the guy the guy has a players' championship and he, and he has a major. So uh, it's yep. hard to say that, you know, Justin Thomas isn't a finisher. But he hasn't been able to do it lately and we haven't you know he's only had a couple instances in majors i think three or four or this could be the fourth time where he's been at or or you know had the lead or tied for the lead at some point in the tournament and and so um we're going to see now how he does on the weekend but i will tell you that if he if he fashions four sixty sevens, he's put up two already uh he'll win by five or six shots if he's able to put four sixty sevens. <laughs> Up on the board, you can see the golf course. Uh, how difficult is it's playing? His three under today is the lowest round, is the lowest round on the golf course, and and uh, so far, so yeah. I mean, you know, and and he played in the morning when the conditions were a yes. little bit more difficult because of the wind, and and we've yes. seen JT be able to manipulate shots, and I think that's one of his his great qualities. You know, despite his putting stats. That's what gets him in trouble. Uh, you know, his he misses a lot of five and six foot putts. He's kind of like his buddy uh, Jordan Spieth. We see yeah. Spieth doing a ton of that. Where he used to be automatic inside ten feet, now he's shaky inside ten, nine, eight, even six feet, and um, I, it's holding him back. You know, uh, not to get get away from uh, uh, Justin Thomas, but. I don't know how Jordan Spieth won two weeks or three weeks ago and then finished solo second last week because he's playing with his C game. He's still playing very cautious, very nervous, and his putter, his secret weapon, hasn't been working. Yet that tells you how talented he is that he won and finished solo second in his last two starts basically with his C game. Yeah. Uh, Rory McIlroy had his A game yesterday. Now yes, today, he it, it, today it's early. I mean, he's still on the on the front nine. Uh, this course in the redesign is a bit wider, which means you can take driver out of the bag. What kind of advantage is it when Rory can take the driver out of the bag on a major? Yeah, well, you know, the funny thing though, too, Steve, is um, there. There's plenty of room to hit the ball, which gives, which invites the guys. To pull that driver even more and when you see the crazy distances the ball is going not just in the air downwind downhill a lot of these holes uh you know the firmness of the fairways you know these guys on the first hole are hitting a 380 390 403 um and so um i really like the look of the golf course you know i was there in 2001 for the u.s open and and you know the course didn't bowl me over don't get me wrong i thought it was really good but right, man, no, what I'm seeing on TV, this golf course looks tremendous, and I think yeah, Joe Hans, yeah. when he came in, has done a wonderful job. Yeah, you know, a couple things I noticed with it, like I think Gil Hans has done a great job of how he utilizes the position of the creek mm-hmm. uh, in certain areas, which has really, I think, helped. Like Scotty Scheffler and Rom both went into the creek on 18 because they hit it too far. 
Right, right, right. Yeah, uh, and I, I just, I, you know, that's uh, Gil Hansis. He's become he's become the major doctor. Um, you know, he 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 did the redesign here, or refurbish, or renovate, whatever you want to call it. He did it at the Country Club, which is where in Brookline, which is where they're headed next. And you know, yep. Steve, um, uh, he's going to start some work next year at Oakmont to get it prepped for the 2025 U.S. Open. So he seems to be the designer of choice anymore. A number of years ago, it was Reese Jones. He was known as the Open Doctor, yeah. and I think he's been supplanted here now by Gil Hans, who just does really, yeah. uh, uh, you know, wonderful work. In fact, uh, if, if anybody goes down to Pinehurst, it's not number two because that's that's the that's the Bill Coors Ben Crenshaw. But right. Pinehurst four is Gil Hans. That's and correct. Everybody tells that's you it's it. phenomenal. Yeah, I've played it twice, and it really is. It's really good. Uh, now, in my opinion, it's not number two, but it's really right. good, and it has some really nice looks. And uh, there's no question what he did there was uh, was a wonderful job. They played the USAM there, I think, like three years ago. And um, yeah, number number four uh, number four is a real delight as well. Will Zalatoris is a name that's come up a lot more in the past fifteen months. As you watch his game, and he's got himself in a nice position in second at five under par. What do you like about his game? The pros and cons of Will Zalatoris. Well, he's such a good ball striker, Steve, and that's what um, you know. And so when you get a golf course like this, whereas if you can keep the ball in the fairway, you know he's such a good iron player. And where you know you come at these greens, as you have seen in two days, if you come at these greens out of the rough, it's very difficult. You have to guess. You have to play short and hope your ball runs out. But you can't fly the ball on the green out of the rough on most of these holes. And uh, Will Zalatoris is, uh, like I said, he's such a good iron player. And you know what? He's been a big-time player. Uh, I think he, he's played in nine majors, and in six of them he's finished uh, in the top 20. And you see his name pop up on the leaderboard. We saw it at the Masters, and we've seen it before. And, um, you know, the guy, you know when the guys out there tell you it's only a matter of time before this guy wins. Look, I know there's a lot of talented players out there, um, but, but he is certainly one of them. And look at how Scotty Scheffler just, uh, you know, blossomed in the last two years, uh, you, know, with, uh, uh, you know, with four victories and a major already. So um, I'm not saying going to say that's going to be Will Zalatoris, but you never know with some of these guys. Once they break through, it's boom, boom, boom. Yeah, yeah and let, we'll see if he can. Because the gold medalist in you know, in Tokyo was Andrew Shoffley. It seems like he has that kind of game that you're talking about. Yeah, and, and yet he hasn't been able to right. pull the trigger beyond the gold medal. You know, I, 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 I compared him to uh, Tommy Fleetwood now. You know, a couple of years ago, Tommy Fleetwood was like the, you know, the, the kind of, you know, flavor of the week in majors, you know, not the favorite, but a guy, right. keep your eye on Tommy Fleetwood. Right. Well, that's kind of, he never, he never, um, well, has yet to do that and even been a serious contender. And we've seen Chauvelet contend, but not finish. And so until he does it, um, then yes, it might be the same type of thing. If he wins one, he might win three. All right, how do you look at Tiger Woods so far? He's at three over uh, for the championship, one under today so far. Yeah, he just birdied. Uh, um, he looks better right now than he did yesterday. That being said, he got off to a good start yesterday. He was two under through the first five holes. You know, Steve, right. I was saying this last night on, on my weekly uh, golf radio show that compare the look after 18 holes in the first round at Augusta 
on the 18th green, that big smile. It was a look of satisfaction and accomplishment after all he had been through to be able to play, to be able to finish, to shoot 71. Um, you know, he had a smile like he won the golf tournament. But that's the way he felt after one round at Augusta after all he's been through compared to the look yesterday uh, after the way he finished, you know, looking, you know, uh, limping down the final two holes, making bogeys on each of the last two. Um, you could see him reaching for his hip or his leg on a couple instances, bending his leg. You know, it was an entirely different look to the point that I thought, well, I wouldn't be surprised if he would WD. But, you know, there he is out there. He's one under for the day. He's, you know, he's right there uh, inside the cut line. And if he can, uh, if he can, you know, play even from there in, he'll be around, you know, he'll be around on the weekend. So I mean, I, you know, he just—you could tell—he's just really laboring out there. Um, I, I'm honestly surprised he decided to play in the PGA. I thought for sure he would, um, you know, take the extra time to get ready for the U.S. Open, and especially because he says he wants to play St. Andrews uh, in in the British. Um, I, I'm just I'm just a little surprised he decided to play the PGA. But hey, you know he doesn't want to pass up on majors if he could go out there and walk. Obviously, those may be the only four tournaments he plays this year. Oh, I, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised. I would imagine that's going to be it. I would. I'm with you. Yeah. Uh, when you look at the the guys on the leaderboard right now, give me a name or two that at least bears watching that can at least make a run. Yeah, I think Cam Smith bears watching. You know, I, um, I was about to say, I was about to ask you that, but I, okay, go ahead. Yeah, go. yeah, no question. You know, with uh, uh, you know, I think he's he's uh, hanging there at two under, but there is uh, there's no question about it. Um, you know, another guy I don't think can win, but he's been playing really well <laughs> lately. Excuse me, is Matthew Fitzpatrick? Um, yes. You know, Xander Schauffele is capable of making a, a run like that. And if I had to pick a dark horse, you know, <coughs> excuse me. Look at Taylor Gooch sitting back there at one under. Yeah. He's another guy I would keep my eye on. And you know what? Who's still in the thick of it? And look, it's only early, midway through the second round. Stuart Sink is always around the neighborhood. Right? He's not going to win this thing. But it seems like he always has, is good enough to, like, you look at the board and go, oh, Stuart Sink, he's still playing? <laughs> Yeah, he's a guy. In fact, I was just watching him before. He had a nice uh, iron shot in there yeah. for a birdie. And I thought, you know, that, right, I thought the same thing. You know, he's solid enough and good enough that, you know, he'll hang right around 10 or 12, um, you know, maybe get a top 10, certainly get a top 20. And there he is at age, what, 46 or whatever he is. And, yeah, uh, you know, uh, you know, he won twice last year. So, yeah. um, obviously, obviously he can still golf his ball. And what? Uh, and one open championship to his credit, right? Yeah, yeah, where yeah, yeah, the one nobody wanted to see him win because uh, only because Stuart Sinks yeah. is a great guy, wonderful guy. Yeah. But that's the Absolutely. one where he beat Tom Watson, where everybody yeah. at age fifty nine wanted to see Tom Watson win. It's interesting. I was watching uh, Golf Channel last night, and David Faraday. And this this interview goes back years with Jack Nicholas. It was right after Watson had the tournament, and Watson was bemoaning that he won, and he and he said, Tom. At the age of 59, did anybody lead the British Open ever after round one? He goes, no. After round two, no. After round three, no. He says, look, you caught a bad break. You hit a bad shot. You hit a really good shot in 18. It just rolled off. He says, and you made the right play with the putter. You just hit it too far. I said, yeah, it's easy for Nicholas. He wasn't playing. <laughs> but still. 
<laughs> yeah, and that amazing. was the thing about that. He hit two wonderful shots on 18, a ter- yes. tremendous drive and a great approach, and it just ran through the green up against the caller. And, um, man, he, he couldn't hit two better shots under pressure. And, you know, that's nothing new for him. And, um, man, yeah, it's a shame. And like I said, Stewart Sink is, is a great guy, but yeah. nobody wanted to see Stewart right. win that tournament. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's Cleric Jug. Way to go. Should have gone to that guy. Yeah. Right, but that right. guy has, But that guy has five. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Jerry, always a pleasure. Appreciate it. Can't wait to see you soon. Absolutely, Steve. And, uh, you know, we got that, uh, we have uh, that Sunny yes. Anna date uh, sitting out there somewhere, and we'll make it happen. Absolutely. I can't wait for that to happen. Thanks so much, and uh, look forward to it very much. All right, Steve. Good chat with you, as always. Jerry Dulac. I had to bring up the Jack thing first. And again, the part about Jack is obviously now, you know, look, Jack's what, 70, 72 now? Whatever. I, my big thing is making sure that, like, <laughs> you're coming back again, right? <laughs> yeah, it's I don't really have to put too much, too much pressure on. It's a question I don't usually ask him until we get to bowl week or something like that. Um, but uh, it's it's the player evaluation part. You notice how I framed it as in the player evaluation part as opposed to the combine part. And you know, I don't know what he was trying to prove with that answer. I have no idea. Um you know, does the game it does every every sport has something in common right now in my opinion, Matt. I think today in every sport we are seeing the best athletes and for the most part at the peak of physical conditioning bigger stronger faster no question every sport foot you watch a basketball game man up and down the floor oh my god you know great athletes you know and then you know hockey flying up and down the ice great athletes i mean baseball we used to kid around about you know, back in the day, hey, look at Gates Brown, look at Harmon Killebrew, all right, you know, baseball, <laughs> right? Today, do you see any baseball player with maybe an exception or two? I mean, you look at catchers today. Catchers are always the ones you looked at and said, hey, they're little bigger guys, you know, whatever. You look at look at today's catchers. Hey, cut. Head to toe, you look at Maldonado, he may not have the best bat going, but he's a great catcher for the Astros. Um, you know, guy after guy after guy, and you know, you know, somebody brought up David Wells to me earlier today. David Wells never looked like he was in shape, ever. You look at today's pitchers, they're all cut. I mean, you look you look at, at Cole, Cole is 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 just built, uh, you know, your guy Castro, built, right? everywhere. I mean, Giancarlo, Stanton, Aaron Judge, look at them and the way they run. And the, in the NFL, every single guy in the NFL, great athletes. I mean, a defensive tackle like Aaron Donald, the way he moves, can run, 
You know, and that's a defensive tackle. You know, you got offensive linemen that can pull out there and get I mean, the, the athletes. That's the best ever when it comes to athletes. But what's missing in some, not all, some, is knowing how to play. It's the same thing, like, for example, in golf. I mean, look at all the, the guys playing golf, I mean, today. I mean, there are guys way back when you're like, huh, really? <laughs> it's kind of a big dude playing golf. All right? Not today. Hey, Justin Thomas, great shape. Zalatoris, great shape. Rory, great shape. Fitzpatrick, Cameron Smith, Tiger, Shoffley, right? I mean, all the way through. Stink, Sink has kept his career because they're all in great shape. Fleetwood, they're all in great shape. But you know what separates a lot of these guys? Is that you know they're powerful, quick swings, the whole thing, but like they they get into trouble and don't win because they don't know how to play. They don't know how to play. Now you know you and when I mean how to play, like when you've got to make a big decision as to what to do or how to play something, they make the wrong decision. You know, in, in the moment, uh, and the same it's the same thing in every sport. I mean, there's a lot of, and there are also more teams and more players than ever. So you're going to get more of a crossroads. No, all right, no question. You're going to get much. Okay, you have more teams and more players than ever. So you you're going to get more guys out there that don't know how to play. But boy, when you get somebody who is the physicality to go with the mental part of it, the ability to know. Oh my goodness, that is that's a slice of gold in today's game. Because, I mean, I watch games left and right, and I'm like, what are you doing? And we played the game-winning goal in the uh, Florida-Tampa Bay game, right? Okay? Those two defensemen are outstanding for Florida's athletes. They're outstanding. But one of them made an absolutely you – know, I couldn't believe he went behind the net. I couldn't believe it. Hey, it's not his side. What's he going back there for? His job is to protect the front. You already got a guy back there going after Kucherov. You've already got a guy doing that. That and by the way, that's his guy. See, that's what I'm talking about—the ability to know how to play. Okay, that goal was scored because the defenseman didn't know how to play. See what I'm talking about, Matt? Like, sure, he's a great athlete. He has all the measurables in the world, but when it came time to make a play and you know use his brain in the moment, didn't do it. And they gave up a goal because he left his area when he already had a guy back there on him. The guy was supposed to be on Kucherov was on him. And they gave up a goal because he put himself in the wrong spot. All right. Final half hour, we'll do headlines. What are we doing Friday? Sands the king. Well, I wonder if we get the suit to fill in on this part. Wouldn't that be fun? <laughs> I mean, I could ask him. I don't know if he'll... Ask him! See if All he'll right. come down the hall and fill in. I'd love to hear his headlines for the week. <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll work on that. No, seriously, because the final half hour of the week, I can mentally tune out. <laughs> Today's show brought to you by Brewers Outlet. Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket... It's going to be a hot weekend, so you need cold beverages and snacks and everything that goes with it at Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street, and Sunbury, the beverage supermarket on News Radio 1070 WKOK.
Mm-hmm. When car repairs get difficult. Well, I, I just don't know. Um, me neither. We get good. Sunbury Motors. More than quality new and used cars, Sunbury Motors specializes in complicated auto repair diagnosis. They can handle intricate repairs and even complete auto body with service open Monday through Friday, 7 till 4. And Sunbury Motors has made simple repairs easy. Maintaining your vehicle is necessary. Finding the time to do it is difficult. Welcome to Sunbury Motors Quick Lane. Open 7 till 4, Monday through Friday. Just walk in or call ahead. Relax in their remodeled waiting room with Wi-Fi, beverages, and snacks. Will Sunbury Motors factory train techs take care of your oil change, tire alignments, brakes, and inspections. Quick Lane, 6.30 to 6, Monday through Friday, Saturday, 6.30 till 2. Sunbury Motors, Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury. And Sunbury Motors, Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. We take the... Mm. Mm. Out of auto repair. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show brought to you by Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. Imports Domestics, Microbrews, the best selection of beer anywhere. Wine coolers, water, soft drink snacks. They roast their peanuts fresh and hot every day. Six great flavors of slushies and the pickle bar. Led by the barrels and the dills. Indeed, second to none. All at Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. And we're in, and by the way, when you look at the temperatures this weekend, 91 tomorrow, 85 Sunday. Stock up now at Brewers Outlet. And we're in the Sunbury Motor Studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. I can tell by the breathing in the microphone that sounds like an obscene phone call. The suit's there. S-U-I-T. That spells suit. So before we get to the world-famous one and only, we just talked moments ago about the comment Doug Whaley made on 93.7 The Fan in Pittsburgh about Jack. Okay. And this is a big problem in this era because I'm going to get to this story next. Uh, People of my age have to be careful that we don't always look back and go, oh, the players of today are nowhere near as good as the players of yesteryear and the legends of it. At the same time, the people of today, the young people of today, can't look at this as the greatest of great, blah, 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 and disregard players of the past. Both have to come and find middle ground and understand that a great player of yesteryear could play today and a great player of today could play in yesteryear. Okay, That's what makes them great, transcendent. So that brings us to J.J. Redick. He was on first take. Why I'm referencing that show, I don't know. I know. I saw saw this too, but yes. Yes. Okay. J.J. Redick, who, by the way, is articulate. He's intelligent. Played well when he was with the Sixers. I think with the Clippers, too, he played well. Other teams rather nondescript. Uh, They were talking about Chris Paul. And, of course, Chris Paul and the Suns just went through their meltdown against Dallas. 
when Christopher Mad Dog Russo said that the Phoenix Suns guard was not Bob Cousy when it came to the NBA's great point guards, Reddick responded by stating that the Celtics legend was, quote, guarded by plumbers and firemen and played in an era where there were eight teams in the NBA and you could only win two playoff series. Well, first of all, I think Chris Paul in his career has only won two playoff series in the same year. That was last year. Okay. Kuzi has finally had an opportunity to respond. He was on Sirius XM's NBA radio, and the 93-year-old was asked about it. He said, people with less talent will always try to make a name for themselves by criticizing other people and hopefully getting some attention and perhaps increasing their credibility. When you respond to something like this, you play into their hands. I won't do that, but I will defend the firemen and the plumbers he referenced. He says, firemen and plumbers such as Bill Russell, Will Chamberlain, Jerry West, Oscar Robertson. (laughs) Right? He went through this John Havlicek, Elgin Baylor, Oscar Robertson, right? He said, we must have had the best firemen and plumbers on the planet at the time, and I was very proud to play with all of them. (laughs) See, that's a response, and that is impressive from a 93-year-old. He's still got it. You know what's interesting about that? Right? Is I'm not so sure in a short league, and there were fewer teams in the NBA, so Reddick's right about that. All right? And you had to win two playoff series, and he's right about that. Okay. But if you're playing at, I think at that time it was 12 players per team, so what, there were 120 guys in the league? Guess who would not have been in the league in the 60s? Because he didn't have the game to do it. J.J. Redick. <laughs> he, wouldn't, he, wouldn't have, he would not have been able to play in the NBA in the 60s. Who, who would he have played for? He's not good defensively. He's a great outside shooter. But he's not a driver to the bucket. There was no three-point line back then, so his shots would have been two-point shots. I mean, that simply just wasn't the game back then either. Right. Yeah, it's a different game. Now, today, J.J. Redick was a great three-point shooter, especially with the Sixers and with the Clippers. And are there players back then that I think would have struggled playing today? Oh, yeah. I mean, I'll give you one, a guy that I knew a little bit because he was the analyst for Hartford at one point, the late Casey Jones. Casey Jones was a great defensive player, but Casey Jones was not a good offensive player. He could not have played in today's game, right? Even though he was in great shape, great guy, but he didn't have enough off. He did not have enough offensive game to play in today's game, did not have a good enough outside shot to play in today's game. All right. Now, if the league were 30 teams... Back in the 60s, J.J. Redick absolutely would have played. But when you're talking about 10, 11 teams, whatever, or 12 teams, J.J. Redick would not have played. There wouldn't have been enough spots for a guy like him. That's the interesting part about this. That's not putting him down. It's just a fact. I mean, Wes Unsell, Gus Johnson, I mean, feel like, they, you know, okay, firemen, he was being guarded by firemen and plumbers. What the heck kind of comment? That, I mean, that's a kind of, like, this, those players that he, uh, Bob, you know what Bob Cousy did? Kept the league alive. And by keeping the league alive, 
guess guess what it led to? J.J. Redick being able to play in the league. You've got to pay, pay homage to people who laid foundations and groundwork for your profession. If Kuzi and those guys failed, there would have been no league. Right? But again, remember, this is first take. And J.J. Redick, who I thought was starting to establish a little bit of credibility as an analyst, has totally lost it for me. And second of all, Mad Dog better get off there soon because he's losing his credibility very fast. Well, Mad Dog will argue with him. I know, yeah, but, but, but he Mad Dog is the, is one of the godfathers with Mike Francesa of sports radio. He's losing yes. that legacy by participating in that garbage of a show in first take for as long as he does. I'm sorry. But all, but all the people on that show speak highly of you. <laughs> well, I'm glad they do, but their show stinks. Suit? There's a show called First Take? Point me. We'll take I'm kidding. I'm kidding. We'll, I'm kidding. We'll, we'll, we'll take a break. We'll come back. <laughs> Headlines coming up in a moment on News Radio 1070 WKOK. All right. Headlines for the week. Soup participating as a fill in. That's right. So, since you are a guest of honor, Suit, why don't you go ahead? There is a new track record for qualifying at the Indianapolis 500 this weekend. And it goes to Marco Andretti. How about that? He'll find the speed and find a way to hit that 237 mark. They're already shooting at 232 at the moment. What do you think? I thought he was talking about Port Royal. <laughs> Sorry. I will lose $25 in every bet I make in the Preakness. <laughs> There's headline number two. Well, who are you going with? Who's your pick after listening to DJ yesterday? I, I, listen, I, I, a long time ago, I learned never doubt him. So uh, I, I led with uh, Epicenter, and I have an Epicenter simplification exact the box. All right, there you go. Steve, what do you got? Doug Whaley doesn't get the Steelers GM job. <laughs> I think that's a safe to say there. Yeah. That was pretty bad. <laughs> All right. I'm waiting to see our first snow out for June because we have a snow out in Colorado, no surprise, of the Rockies and the Mets. And then up in Calgary, you have a snow out of the watch party for their series tonight with Edmonton. So, I want to see a snow out in June. When is that going to happen? <laughs> How about a snow, snow out, out in Indianapolis? <laughs> yeah, maybe you'll see that. I don't think so. I don't think so. I'm just happy there's 33 cars in the field. Can somebody put a 34th car in? I mean, you can't have bump day if you don't have anybody to bump. Let's not call it bump day. Oh, how do you think that the horse got in at the Derby last week? Exactly. <laughs> I mean, how, how, how could it possibly? Here comes 21 down the stretch. There's only 20 horses in the field. I will say right now, if someone can find a car, I'll drive to Indianapolis and I'll oh, qualify no. on Sunday. <laughs> 
course, uh, I don't think they found a car that I could fit in right now, but <laughs> maybe the two-seater with Mario. I might have a shot yeah, there. there. I would like to see that. I will drive out to Indianapolis just to see that. <laughs> All right, Steve, you got no. another? <laughs> what do I want to drive out and see that for? <laughs> a, friend of, a friend of mine one time uh, in radio, and I don't know if it was like Jennerstown or somewhere, whatever, okay? And they did a deal where they put the personalities into the cars. And they, they, his driver said, hey, look, whatever you do, don't pop it into this gear right here. Okay. So naturally, of course, what does Knucklehead do? He's going around in third place, and he pops it into that gear. And he says, man, I felt like I was flying. I mean, I was moving. And then they watched the replay later, and it looked like it was chariots of fire. <laughs> <laughs> I have a buddy that, that did the stock car experience and did 150 in the uh, short shoot at the, at Pocono, and they restrict everything pretty tight there. So I, I was I would have liked that. I still want to, I, I want to go in the two seater with Mario. I've been trying to win that for years. Did you ever hear the word rigged? <laughs> <laughs> He doesn't want you in there. That could very well be. <laughs> We've exchanged smiles and waves over the years. It's because he's a nice guy. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I did not say it was because he liked me. I just said, you know, we've exchanged waves. Hey. <laughs> he waves and he says, who was that? Who was that? <laughs> Hi, who are you? Hi, who are you? Hi, who are you? <laughs> All right, my next one. So the World Cup 2026 host venues are going to be revealed by FIFA on June 16th. So there's 17 different U.S. stadiums that are up. Oh, sorry. I didn't realize you were still talking, man. So, oh, but God. I'm disappointed, though, for the United States... Vegas isn't in there. Allegiant Stadium. Can you imagine having a World Cup, a World Cup uh, uh, final in Vegas or any round in Vegas? And the amount of international people that might be have to come back here for court. And here, and here's my headline. Okay, my headline's a follow-up of that. Okay, we'll be able to find out in order. Who paid the most in bribe money to get a site? There you <laughs> go. It's <Yeah>. FIFA. <laughs> the F stands for fixed. Yes. Well. <laughs> or finance us. Yeah. I mean, you, you know darn well Los Angeles will get one, and we know darn well MetLife will get one. I think the Link's got a very good chance. They've had a lot of soccer oh, games no, the, there. The Link will get it. I'm just saying those two are locked. Oh, yeah. And SoFi the, Stadium is also in there, too. Link will get it. Dallas will get it. Yeah. Um, I think Orlando might get it instead of Miami. Listen, there's um, only one thing in soccer that I Edmonton, actually like. Edmonton. There's one thing in soccer that I like. It's that if you stink bad enough in the Premier League, you don't get to stay in the Premier League. That should be something we consider here in baseball and football. That would be fun in the NFL yeah. and Major League Baseball. Well, we got to do be. that in IndyCar after 10 laps, eliminate 20 cars. They do. It's called the 34th <laughs> car that isn't there this year. No, no. I mean, you eliminate 20 cars, we're down to two, 13. We're done. Actually, that'll happen anyway. It's called attrition and wrecks. Yes, it's called. Crashes <laughs> and laughed. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah, I, I actually, you know, that that's exciting to me. It's like, uh, what happened to your team? Well, they stunk so bad, they went to the lower league. Okay. <laughs> well, if, I mean, that's the Orioles. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> You're now playing AAA baseball. Right. You have to win and your way is, back. I mean, the Yankees have nine wins against, of their 28 wins, one-third of them have been against the Orioles. Hey, you're just taking care of business, that's I'll, all. I'll bet you the Reds would be more motivated if they knew they were going to be playing in AAA next year. That's true. They played the Pirates last weekend. They already think yeah. they are. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they lost, and they still threw a no-hitter, so there you go. <laughs> a no-hitter that you lose one to nothing. I looked at that and went, wow, that is the state of those two teams yes. right now. Which is the most yeah. Pirates thing to do. I mean, everything about that wow. was just perfect. It really was. By the way, Rose Bowl is listed on here too. Getting back to the World Cup. Yeah, no, it should be. I would like now to remember. See that now remember, all these places like Philadelphia doesn't have to. The Rose Bowl doesn't have to, but they'll have to have grass installed on top of their field turf to play. It's a rule. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. That yeah, no, sense, it's a, it, it, it is a rule. Yeah. Good. <laughs> well, they, now they won't rip out the field turf, but they'll have to put those trays of grass. Because right. FIFA plays the World Cup on grass. Yes. You Whatever know, makes FIFA happy. You mean to tell me that Jerry World is not going to get one of these games? No, it's oh, yeah, they'll, they'll, get, yeah. they'll get it. All right. Oh, yeah. All right. They'll I, get I, it. I, I, no, 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 yeah. no. There's too much money and, there and not they can, to. But they can also move the, those stands. As I've been there, obviously. Right. They're movable. Yeah. You they know, did you it for the Super Bowl, needed, too. You actually need it to be wider to begin with to play. All right. My last, my last one. Tiger Woods, of course, was breaking news. He birdied, so right now we can make the cut. Oh, my God. Is he going to make the cut? And what is he going to do? And if he doesn't, oh, my God, what are we going to do? Headline Monday, Tiger Woods wins PGA. (laughs) (laughs) Matt Catrillo upset. (laughs) Yeah. That could be worth it. (laughs) I mean... I mean, see what I'm dealing with now, Kevo? I mean, the, the, every day he's consumed see, with hate. And you thought I was bad. I mean, I'm here trying I'm trying to talk the kid off the ledge every day. Yeah, I've heard this often. I mean, yeah. ledge. Like, like I, I, got a, I got a note from his, from his parents and from Lisa. They said, nah, stop doing it. <laughs> <laughs> You know what, Tiger? Take the rest of the weekend off. Put the leg up. It needs some rest. <laughs> Consumed with hate. You know what you need? Brewers Outlet. Lots of it. <laughs> Reagan Street in Sunbury. Brewers Outlet, the beverage super stock superstores, ready for all of your warm weather activities. Camping, picnics, grilling, visit Brewers Outlet first. For microbrews, imports, domestic specialties, they got them. Grab some pickles at the Pickle Bar, Steve Jones' favorite place. Snacks? Brewers Outlet has that covered. Soda, sports drinks? Check. Weekly specials, too. And there's lots of convenient parking. So get all the refreshments everyone will love for your next outdoor gathering at Brewers Outlet, the beverage super stock superstore, Reagan Street, Sunbury. 